in the words of Father Mitch, y'all, I'm exploding right now. It's so nice to be back and have people to, and actually be preaching to, to people um, because I can tell you as, you know, as, as clergy when we're preaching, there's something substantially different when you have people in front of you as, as opposed to an iPhone. That we, we preach off the feedback that we get from the congregation and it's something, it's, it's like having a conversation, you know, and to have that conversation again, oh, it, it, it's great. It's so awesome. I wish we could put together a bloopers reel of us trying to figure out how, all the technology and all these wires we had coming into the sanctuary. We had pieces of tape where Father Mitch knew his boundaries of how far he could walk from side to side. Um, Y'all, it's been crazy. Um, and I remember the first homily I gave here uh, two months ago, two months and three days ago, uh, was the day that we had to tell y'all that we were suspending public masses. And here we are again. Y'all, it's great. Um, if you were here at that Mass, one of the things I said was, you know, we've had plenty of priest saints, religious saints. We were celebrating a priest today, St. Bernardine. Um, but what we really needed was for, for y'all to be saints. That this is a time that the church flourishes in the laity with the things that you have been doing, your fidelity to the sacraments, to the things we have been offering, you know. And boy, did y'all rise up to the challenge. It was amazing the first couple weekends I was here, we were doing the Eucharistic processions through some of your neighborhoods and to see people outside in front of their homes and getting down their knees, crying, raising their hands up towards the Blessed Sacrament. Oh, y'all. That's something the seminary can't prepare you as a priest to see. That's something that they, you, know, you can't form your heart after until you actually get in the parish and see something like that. Or with the drive-through confessions. Well, that was... That was, <laughs> that was a you know, a work in itself trying to figure out the drive-through lines and how are we going to funnel people in or when we had two confessors, one on either side, how does that work? Um, but y'all came. We had to extend it a whole nother hour after the first weekend because we had so many people come. Y'all, it was awesome. I can't tell you how awesome it was. Thank God that we're back here. And I think there's two lessons that we have in the readings today, one from the first reading and the other from the gospel. Uh, hopefully there are lessons that we can take from this time these last two months. And the first one is this, from Acts of the Apostles. The God who made the world and all that is in it, the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in sanctuaries made by human hands. I was a bit thrown off by that last night because I'm like, well, I think we have him in the tabernacle here. You know, I was like, what does that mean? Why do, we, why do they say that in Acts of the Apostles that God does not dwell in sanctuaries made by human hands, which this is? And I had to think about it. That word dwell... What does that word mean? When I think of the word dwell, it means to call someplace a home or something, a place you can linger. You know, when I go visit someone's house, I don't dwell there, do I? They do. It's their home, but not me. I'm just a visitor. I think it's the same thing here with this tabernacle, that God doesn't dwell here. This isn't his home. His first home is in heaven. And if you want to say he has a home elsewhere, it's right here in our hearts what we call an indwelling of the Trinity. Father Mitch preached about that this weekend. To have the Trinity here in us, that's what it means also for God to make a home. If you want to call it his vacation house. You know, when he's not in heaven, he's still also with us. He's always in heaven, but he's also here with us. And we learned that with this pandemic, that, you know, we maybe couldn't, we couldn't have masses here for two months publicly. We couldn't gather like this for two months. But where was God? He was in your homes. And how did that happen? Because you invited him into your homes. You made altar spaces, or you tuned in for Adoramus with the live stream, all the masses. You, you brought God into your homes, not just the physical building, but into your hearts. 
And think of the words in the, the prayer of spiritual communion you were saying. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. And Lord, may I never be separated from you. That's what you were praying for, was for God to come and dwell in you. Yes, this is a place where he, he, has, a, you know, he has a resting place, but this is not his home. He can be moved out of this building. We had to move him, at least exposed from the Adoration Chapel, and put him in a tabernacle. But his home is in heaven and his home is in us. He is still here. His presence is here. But he makes his home here and in heaven. In fact, he wants, to, he wants us to then make our home. He wants us to reciprocate that invitation so that we can make our home in heaven with him. That's what that means. And then in the gospel reading, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. There's probably some things that happened in these last two months that we have no idea why they happened. And we're probably asking God, why did this happen? You know, what's the meaning of all this? And we might not know for some time. It's like Jesus says, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. So we have to be patient, first of all, so that if we don't get the answer right away, we can wait for it. To ask for the grace of patience to be able to wait for that answer. And when we do get that answer, can we deal with it? Can we accept the reality that it was, what we learned from this? Because I look at this kind of like a puzzle piece. If you think of your life as a puzzle, this is probably, these last two months are probably a very oddly shaped piece. By itself, it probably looks ugly. Maybe the colors aren't the best. But when you put that piece, when you get all the pieces around it, you put context around it, as the rest of your life unfolds, and you see these pieces come together, that piece by itself may not be the prettiest piece. But together, it paints a huge picture. It paints a bigger picture, and you'll be able to look at that piece and say, you know what? That completes the puzzle. You'll be able to look back later on, and you can understand why. And last night, I was, we had some of the seminarians over. We were watching a movie. Uh, it's called I Still Believe. Maybe some of you have seen it. It's about Jeremy Camp. He's a, a Christian singer. Um, his first wife was diagnosed with cancer. They got married very quickly. She died, I think, about six months later. He's asking his dad, he goes back home, he's asking his dad, Dad, why did this happen? Why did your ministry never take off? Why did Melissa die? Why did all these things happen? And his dad says, son, I can't tell you why. I can't tell you why these things happen. But what I can tell you is this, my life is full. Through all the sufferings, through everything I've been through, my life is full. And it's not full despite of the sufferings, it's not full despite the hardships, it's full because of the hardships. It's full because of the sufferings. And hopefully that's something we can look back later on after this. That we can look back as, you know, at least right now, March, April, May 2020, however long we go through this, one day we can look back at this and say, my life was still full at this time. Even with the suffering, but because of the suffering. Because of the things we went through. Because if we didn't change anything during this time, we wasted the time. We wasted the two months to say, this was a time to reset everything, to look at my priorities, to spend more time with my family, to get back to the things that make me more of the person God wants me to be. And if we can look at that, once we get through the suffering, we could say, I grew. This was a hard time of growth, but we were able to grow. That's what we're trying to learn here today. That's what the gospel, the readings today are teaching us. To make God a home, which hopefully we've been doing with this pandemic, but then we'll be able to look back later 
after we've been patient to say, aha, the picture makes sense. And so we continue to pray that the Lord will help us with that patience, to help us to invite him to make a home in our hearts. And so we also offer up the prayers today for those who are still struggling with the pandemic um, and to ask the Lord to always be with us, to keep leading us forward. Amen.